She's Rachel Casey. She's Maddie Weiner. And we're the smartest smartest people people in the room. We have a lot of opinions on film. And we just can't shut up about it. Ain't that the truth? (laughs) (laughs) This is a podcast where we shoot the shit. Just like Emmanuel Lubezki shot the 2003 masterpiece, Cat in the Hat. This week we're discussing... The Golden Globes just happened and the season has been wild. We forgot to buy our Sundance tickets this morning. The movies that we really liked from this past year. May, December. So stay tuned. Um, it's... It's been it's it's been a while again. <laughs> again, again, again. Um, listen, uh, but we're still but we're still here. We're still here. We're still here, and we're gonna be. You know what? I'm not gonna make any promises to you people <laughs> about how often to you three people. Yeah. We're not gonna make any promises. No, Rachel, we have more than three listeners. We have a lot. Well, I hope they're listening, even though we're not consistently putting out. I do hope that changes. Um, I might be getting a more regular schedule here soon, relatively speaking. Mm-hmm. So I might not, but yeah, we have um, 36 Spotify followers. Okay. All right. And not everybody even listens on Spotify. I was like, and so. only two of us are us. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Actually, I don't even follow us on Spotify. So <laughs> one of us is us because I, I do. don't listen to podcasts on Spotify. I do because if I like post the episode... And it doesn't show up in my feed. I'm like, that didn't work. Or yeah, what, you know. True. Like, so I'm gonna have to switch to Spotify now. So, anyways. Yeah, I had I had to do that. Um, I used to listen on a an app that was just for podcasts, and then it kind so of did I. shot out. It got really buggy, and I was like, I'll just listen on Spotify. And then I'll get my Wrapped, mm. and I can see which podcasts I listen to the most. I already know because I only listen to a few. But anyways, <laughs> this isn't a podcast about podcasts. So. Oh no. Okay, so it's 2024. Which is crazy. It is 2024. Um, and the... The Golden Globes just happened. And the season has been wild. The award season has... And it's just commenced. begun. It's only just begun. It's only just begun. Uh, I didn't watch the Golden Globes because I forgot they were happening and I, I didn't care about them. I didn't watch them because I knew that whatever it was, it I would learn the next day. Yep. There was no way I was going to need to watch something live. No. Um, and I'm glad I didn't watch it because I heard it was awful. Yeah. The, like, the actual broadcast. Mm-hmm. Apparently, um, apparently, uh, Joe Coy really bombed. Yeah, I heard that too. Big time. Yeah. Um, which I, I, when they, my parents were like, yeah, the Golden Globes are tonight. This guy, Joe Coy, is hosting. I was like, I don't know who the hell that is. Sometimes comedians are wild to me because there are literally comedians like him out there who sell out arenas. And I'm like, who? Who is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like, like. I'm not, like, the biggest comedy fan, but, like, I'm just excited because Jacqueline Novak's Get On Your Knees is finally getting a special released on Netflix. So I'm like, thank God. Like, I've been dying to see that show for years. Literal years. So, like, that's where I'm at. Like, I've definitely seen some more, like, popular comedy people Mm -hmm. coming up. You know, there's those two guys who've gotten more famous um, that I've seen more about. There was the one that hosted SNL and everybody was like, Who? (laughs) I don't even know who you're talking about. His name is uh, Nate Bergazzi. Okay. Both of these people that I'm thinking of have um, Netflix specials. And mm. it's like, obviously, mm-hmm. like, I think a lot of people watch those Netflix specials and we just don't realize yeah, it. Yeah, I think like, you're right. And it really helps prompt them to fame. The, yeah. Nate, the Nate Bergazzi guy, he's like a, he's like a, a family, a family comedy type guy. Ah, he's gotcha. like, it's not too, like. Blue. It's not too, like, raunchy and it's not too political. You know, it's just, it's very, like, mm-hmm. you know. It's not like 
clean comedy yeah, or yeah. anything, but it's like it's not it's just yeah. not controversial. Yeah. Um It's uh yeah, so the Golden Globes they um mm-hmm. Yeah, her Joe Coy really bombed. Yeah, I was <clears throat> saying this to somebody the other day and let me be clear. This line of reasoning makes no sense and I know that. But because I know that all awards shows, especially, you know, of like film are like they're not like objective they're not like these are the best movies that came out this year like i know that like i'm not stupid but like in a perfect world the best movies would be the ones that get nominated and recognized at least and they're not but in the perfect world they would be and at least with the oscars the academy consists of like actual film correct industry people whereas the golden globes i'm like who the fuck are these people (laughs) who are these people it literally used to be who the fuck are these people it was like a hundred rich white people i know they were supposed to be the hollywood foreign press but like they weren't even international yeah. it was like who are these yeah. people so it was like i don't care who wins this now they've disbanded basically mm-hmm. that whole group and they've added this whole other segment of people that actually are foreign journalists okay um, so like when they when they did their whole thing and they mm-hmm. disbanded and blah 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 and now they're back and they've mm-hmm. added more people and mm-hmm. more actual international journalists mm-hmm. and so i do think that's what helped them give out better yeah. nominations and yes. better awards for sure but year. it still is like you know, oh it's still popular journalists like i'm like i don't yeah. really care what they think it's like still, i mean i do but i don't it's still populist yeah to an ex- it's this it's all gonna be it's honestly especially foreign stuff because they're gonna see the american films that are like big and shiny more yeah. likely whereas like critics choice awards in new york or la or whatever like they're those like, critics groups i was like yeah. the critics choice awards themselves yeah, also yeah, tend yeah. to be very like, popular like, like, like the yeah like what david ehrlichson yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like the show. actual the critics groups yes, i would yeah, say yeah. Quote like those it's like they are film critics yeah like that's their job yeah no but i think the hollywood foreign press i mean there were still some like things you would expect but i mean we got anatomy of a fall winning screenplay so that means it's like kind of like a shock it's a shock right yeah i mean the globes always used to do a few like quirky things mm-hmm. but not in that way like yeah. they they would do something quirky like give rachel bloom lead actress in a television show for a show that was good but no one saw mm-hmm. they used to do stuff like that um but they would rarely do things like award something that was critically good or mm-hmm. critically um well received um but that is not a populist pick they would have never done that yeah, before yeah so i think that and like boy yeah. and the heron winning i think that those are positive mm-hmm. signs yeah 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 for that's the golden true. globes um but the golden globes has always just been a platform for the people in the oscar race to yeah. give speeches mm-hmm. so that they can basically audition yeah for their oscar speech and then also i don't love the fact that the golden globes are divided by genre because then you get weird stuff like what category is succession yeah yeah you know and, and because i'm like well i feel like succession is a comedy like the showrunner is a comedy guy like he makes comedies they're black comedies yeah they're very very dark but like it's looking for jokes. But then the last season was really dramatic. So it's like, I don't know. Well, it's just that has just become so much more in the last, like, you know, yeah. 15 years mm-hmm. in television. It's like television used to be way more cut and dry mm-hmm. into comedy and drama. And now it's like even the Emmys didn't know what to do. And they were like, well, if you're a half hour, you're a comedy. Yeah, if you're an right. hour, you're a drama. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Which is the same thing with the bear, right? It's like, right. in my opinion, 
I don't actually think the bear is that funny. Yeah. I think it's like situationally funny sometimes, mm-hmm. but it's not really like laugh out loud funny. Yeah. It is mostly a drama. Yeah. But since it's 30 minutes, they're like comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I This is just making me think, do you remember like, like eight years ago when we, there was continually the discussion about like anti-heroes. You remember that? Remember those old days? I think so. Yeah, about the television antihero. Yeah, mostly. Oh, the television antihero. Yeah, like it was like the Mad Men Breaking yeah. Bad, and there was all there was all the think pieces on how like now television is focused on antiheroes. You never hear about that shit anymore. You don't hear about that shit anymore. So interesting. Yeah, how things just kind of go away. How the trends just just ride the <laughs> yeah. waves. And I would say that we still have that with stuff like Barry and Succession, and the Bear, arguably. But it's like, yeah, I know. I, I went from being anti-hero to just being like a complex character. <laughs> like, right, that's really exactly. what it is. Like, we went yeah. from being like everybody is a good guy to yeah. maybe not to oh, actually, there's just complexity. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. but only for men still mostly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there are you know places where women do get to be complex. They just don't win awards. Yeah, yeah. I don't watch that much TV, as you know. So. Um, I would just honestly say, I don't watch. A ton of television i watch like the the trendy thing so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not like out there watching every show right but yeah i would say that there's not a lot of like great currently someone please correct me like women-led i would say hacks television but we shows. haven't had hacks, hacks stalled out because of the strikes yeah hacks is really good and uh and because she's sick um because gene smart has been sick oh um oh. i think she has cancer Oh, is like fighting that. cancer like Jeez. not like terminal but like oh. like fighting it mm-hmm. i think it's cancer she definitely has been sick okay. i'm pretty sure it was okay. cancer oh, geez, smart. Mm-hmm. um yes you're right hacks was great i loved hacks hacks love was hacks. laugh out loud funny i love hacks um um but other than that i'm like i don't know yeah i don't really either um i was disappointed we couldn't sort of talk about the this in tandem with the sags I was disappointed that they nominated John Hamm and not Juno Temple. I know we're still talking oh. about TV, but I'm like, that is okay. Juno Temple's been doing an amazing I'm job. Like, I honestly feel like she's like carrying. Oh, I agree. Yeah, like I think John Hamm is good, but I think John Hamm's character is one is one sided. Like not one yeah. sided, but it's I wouldn't say one note either. But mm-hmm. his character is pretty rigid mm-hmm. by design, right? Like, yeah, his character does not have a lot of complexity. Yeah. by design because yeah. it's like. That kind of character would not have complexity. Yeah. He's like, I have my He's own... not interested in having complexity. Right, exactly. He's like, I have my own set of values and I live by them and so should everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's like, he doesn't right. have complexity. Right. Whereas she has such intense layers of complexity. I know. Like, yeah. That's bad. That is... I think she has been phenomenal. Me too. In that show. Me too. Like, so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really glad. I know, not that I watched it, but I know that she's been, you know, like... I love it when people are just, like, plugging away for years, mm-hmm. and then they finally get the recognition. You know, mm-hmm. like her, Melanie Lins, Melanie Lins, Yellow Jackets. There we go. There women. we go. Women. <laughs> women. Girls. It's because Yellow Jackets season two was not very good. I heard that. <laughs> so yeah. I forgot about it. Yeah. But um, Aaron and I watched it. We we, we pushed through, but mm-hmm. it was it definitely, we were like, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> some choices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I love it when, you know, any actor, whoever it is. Works for a long time and finally gets recognition. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was wanting to see... Oh, pause. We forgot to buy our Sundance tickets this morning. Oh, I didn't know we were supposed to do that today. Yes. Oh, shit. It was today. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Hang on. Pause. Can we okay. look? Yeah. 
I saw there's a movie at Sundance, um, and June Squibb is the lead, and it's her first lead acting performance That's crazy. Ever. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I think she's been working for, like, 60 years and never had a lead performance. Isn't that wild? That is wild. I know. And the movie sounds fun. It's like, yeah. it's like a, it's like a, said it, it was like, the description was like a grandma, who knows if it'll be good, but it yeah. sounds fun. Yeah. Um, it's like a grandma gets like a scammed mm. and then she like goes on like a caper to try to find the scammer. Oh, I like that. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a little like back. I mean, talking about scams, we were just talking about scams. adventure, like mystery film. Mm-hmm. That's fun. <laughs> That's fun. Um, yeah, we'll have to, we, we're, we're, we're going to do virtual Sundance. Yes, we are. We're, we were discussing and just watch a couple of things, you know, um, cause we have to keep our eyes peeled for hot, fresh, young talent. Yes, we do. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, be doing that. so, yeah, so the, um, that was the Golden Globes. For the most mm-hmm. part, I thought it was fine. There was nothing, like, egregious mm-hmm. other than the ridiculous categories they made mm-hmm. for box office achievement, which I'm like, I was like, we don't need an award for that. The, uh, that's, that's what, what the, the money is for. for. <laughs> that's what the money is for. Like, literally. <laughs> So, but good job, Barbie, I guess. But I mean, if they were going to give it to anything, they should have given it to Barbie. Which, so they yeah, did. So it's like, yeah. It's a lot of people were like, oh, it should go to Eras. But I'm like, mm. while I agree that Eras definitely changed the game a little bit mm-hmm. and how she went direct to the theaters and didn't mm-hmm. do a distributor, um, Barbie still, no, I literally remember in the summer mm-hmm. seeing things online and listening to some of the other podcasts I listened to with, like, uh, you know, journalists and critics who were like, even, I swear, even two weeks before Barbie came out, they were like, we're really not expecting this to do more than, like, 40 million, maybe. Which is so crazy because, like, the, the, the like, <laughs> hype for it had been building and building and building since it they dropped that first right. photo. It wasn't because their marketing campaign was so spectacularly mm-hmm. excellent. Mm-hmm. Like, whoever Warner Brothers had on staff to do that marketing, kudos. Like, yeah, seriously. Like, my I made, I made myself a little you. Barbie generator of my of myself, like, wow. of course. Um, but I just remember that. That people, like, literally, the mm-hmm. critics were like, this isn't going to make any money. Yeah. And then, like, oh, the week before, they were like, oh, we think it's trending upwards. Yeah. And then it made $40 million in the first weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Barbenheimer... <sighs> did so much for both of those movies. Oh. I really think so. No, I think that's 100% right. And it was also yeah. the fact of, like, so many movies... What Pixar has done to kill itself mm-hmm. is that they released so many of their movies after the... Even after the pandemic was over, they kept releasing their movies day and date on Disney+. Plus. Yep. And that killed them. And what Warner Brothers and Universal both did was they were like... In part because of Christopher Nolan's deal where he's like, not, yeah. he's like, he's like nine weeks theatrical minimum. Right. And that's part of his deal with Universal. Right. But, and Warner Brothers was willing to say, no, we're going to do this and we're not putting it on Max. We're right. like, we're not even going to put a release date on Max. We're doing this and you've got to go see it in a theater mm-hmm. if you want to see it. Mm-hmm. And that's how you do it. Yeah. Like, it fucking works. If you want to make money mm-hmm. in off of your movie, you have yeah. to make it seem like it's an event. And they also had... A really good word of mouth grassroots like campaign basically because Barbie is so memeable. Yeah. There were true. so many memes. Like I remember there was like I'm blank Barbie, like I'm whatever job Barbie. My like it would be like urban planner Barbie. My job is roads or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like my job is just roads. There was like I remember when we were doing landlord and people would send me 
producer Barbie, my job is just emails. <laughs> and I was like, that's true. I have so many emails. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. And, and Barbie definitely Dressing powered Oppenheimer mm-hmm. to 800 million or whatever mm-hmm. it ended up at. But no, I mean, Barbie deserved that box office award yeah. because like a billion dollars on that movie which we can argue about whether it's original or not, but in my mind, mm. it's original. And a billion dollars for an original movie hasn't happened in a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say that it's it's existing IP. It's existing IP, but the story is original. The story is original. That's my thing. Yes. To me, the screenplay is original. Yes, yes. Because it is literally, they are not using any other, like, written source to adapt from. Yeah, I mean... That's, and that's and that's a toughie with the category. I mean, you really could argue both, I feel. You could, and that's why that's mm-hmm. why it's adapted. That's yeah. why the WGA is calling it adapted, and yeah. the Academy is... Or, sorry, the WGA is calling it original, yeah. and the Academy said, nope, adapted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. But I heard a good precedent um, on one of... I believe it was the, Va- the Vanity Fair podcast, shout out. Um, a good precedent was i guess they considered the lego movie mm-hmm. adapted mm-hmm. and so they felt like maybe they were leaning on that precedent oh okay that makes of sense like okay well we called this other one adapted so i right. think we're gonna have to call this one adapted right. too mm-hmm. it's adapted from all of the times we were little girls and we played with barbies and it's yeah and adapted from <laughs> marketing and yeah, commercials yeah. Mm-hmm. and things like that right i guess I mean, you know... But like I said, the story is still original. Yeah. Like, yeah. The story, the jokes, you know, those are all original. Mm-hmm. And still, one of the funniest things I saw in theaters this year mm-hmm. was the first time Ken started singing Push. I was like... I have had Push stuck in my head for days because of David Ehrlich's Top 25. That's such a... It's such a... It is truly... A millennial, like, <laughs> it's, so it's such millennial humor, but I, I laughed well, so hard. What, what is, and the way he does his voice, where he's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My mom was cracking up, too. My mom did not like Barbie, but I was like, well, you just have to watch this one scene. And I showed her that scene. Too. That My mom watched Barbie, funny. and she's, I said, did you like it? She said, it was okay, and that's pretty much what I expected. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the thing I told a lot of people when... They were like, should I go see Barbie? I remember, mm-hmm. like, my boss was like, should I go see Barbie? And I was like, yeah, you can go see it. I was like, you probably like it, but I do think a lot of the humor is not of your generation. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I think you kind of have to be of a specific yeah. generation to understand the humor, like, maybe millennial or younger. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> or some Gen X. Yeah, Gen X, but, like, and then he went and saw it, and I was like, did you like it? And he said, it was fine. Yeah. And that's, you yeah. know, what I expected. I honestly think that it might be a little tougher for some boomer women because, you know, the movie, it pays some lip service to, like, the fact that Barbie was, like, quite harmful for women for decades before they, like, revamped. Yeah. And they're like, women can have any job. And they changed it. But, like, before that, it was like, you better look like a Barbie or you're fucked. And so my mom was like... It was harder for her to, like, get into it because yeah. she was, like, remembering what it was like, you know? Yeah. So, I think it's harder for boomer women, which is fine. I agree. Not, and, not every movie's for everyone. No, no. <laughs> Most movies that are good are not for everyone. I would agree. Yeah. Um. So, speaking of which, <laughs> we can talk about the movies that we really liked from this past year. Well, let's, yeah, let's do it. My top, you know, I always do my top 25 at the end of January, so I have time to see, like, the late what we can yeah even then there's still we, we live in things. louisville 
like the Kentucky theater is like the zone of interest is going to be come out in January. And I'm like, yeah, when, when Kentucky theater, <laughs> tell me when, what day. So I have a feeling I'm going to love that movie. Mm-hmm. Probably. That's extremely my shit. Well, Criterion so. is doing a Jonathan Glazer next month. Nice. Like birth, sexy beast in the fall. Hell yeah. And then under the skin, you know, yeah, I have. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited to see that. Um, I'd say that what what did we we were talking to each other the other day. I think that I did not see Anatomy of a Fall yet, um, which I know is oh out we should totes before. watch it. We should watch it. I I'm gonna rent it because I got an Amazon gift card. Okay, yeah, cool. let's do that. Yeah. Um, Irene wants to watch it too. There are a few other things I that we haven't been able to see because they haven't been released, which is yeah. yeah, Zone of Interest. Um, there are some other things that are in there. Like we talked about La Chimera, but that's not going to come out until like March. I never mm-hmm. saw Saltburn. Not that at this point, I don't know that that's really an awards movie, but I still really want to see it. I, I also have not seen it yet. I want to um, see it. It seems like it's going to be stupid, but that's totally fine that's with totally me. That's totally fine with me. Scott saw it in theaters and he was like, Maddie, you're, I think you're going to like it. So we're, we're counting on you, Scott. I will probably like it. Yeah. Yeah. It depends. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was pretty... I was a bit lukewarm on Promising Young Woman. Me too. Um, I really thought that Carrie Mulligan was excellent in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the... And I thought some of... I thought some things about it were really great. Mm-hmm. And then some things I was like... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Like, I thought the casting was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, casting all of those, like, classic nice bros. Yeah. You know, I thought yeah. that was such, like, a, mm-hmm. a stroke of genius. But then... Some of the writing, especially mm-hmm. towards the end, mm-hmm. um, I thought was a little questionable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. And I, I've heard the same criticisms of Bad Saltburn. Which is fine. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think Barry Keegan's hot, so. Yeah. That's. I'm happy for you. I think I Jacob Lordy's hot. I think <clears throat> Jacob Lordy's hot, too. No, don't worry. I understand that Barry Keegan's not for everyone. Um, this is how Jeremy Allen White is not for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. I love Harry Keegan. I don't think he's hot. I personally. think he's hot. Um, he's um, my kind of my kind of mm-hmm. weird looking guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's fine because Jeremy Allen White is a lot of other people's weird looking guy, and he's not mine. Yeah. Who's my weird looking guy? I don't know. It's been it's been a minute since I've had one. I feel like the last one I had that I was really into was um, Tom Hiddleston. Mm, mm-hmm. Kind of just like I'm kind of into these like uh, squirrely, these squirrely mm-hmm, looking, mm-hmm. squirrely quality. One of our first squirrely, episodes, squirrely quality. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we were talking about Barry Keegan when we, we said that. Yeah. He does have a squirrely he quality. Does, I was does. literally watching an interview and he's like arms were and legs and he kept yeah. moving. I was like, God, this guy's so squirrely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but oh, it? we didn't see Saltburn. I haven't seen Saltburn. No. And then um, uh, why can't I think? Andrew Scott. Oh, yeah. All um, of Us Strangers. All of Us yeah. Strangers. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Yeah. Those are, and then A Thousand and One. Those are the movies I really want to mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, yeah. We, we're going to watch A Thousand and One also. Irene really wants to watch it. Yeah. I'm interested, but I, I think that she's, like, more interested than I am. I just, um, yeah, I heard that, once again, Tiana Taylor is just, like, a powerhouse. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. That's a person who has put in... A incredible performance for three years straight and not been recognized mm-hmm. for it. So mm-hmm. hopefully her time will come. I feel it fade, you know. Classic music. <laughs> That's what I always think of when I think of her. I love that music video. Yeah. Uh, Irene hates it because of the ending. Um, but uh, favorites, favorites. Oh yeah, of, favorites, of the year. favorites, favorites. Wait, let me see if we. Um, I don't know if I have mine in order, order, but I can definitely tell you the ones I loved the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. 
Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, definitely up there. Definitely up there. I think that might be my number one, even mm-hmm. if it's a little cliche, because to me, there's, there are scenes in that movie that I still think about. Mm-hmm. I just think there are, like, there are some things in there where it's truly, like, watching a master at work. Yeah. It's just, it's, so it's just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I was, I was texting you about the, I think about the scene when he gets off the train all the time because one, the score in that section is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think Robbie Robertson should win best original score. I've listened to a lot of the scores this mm-hmm. Rachel loves year. a score. I love a score. And closely followed by the May December score. And I've heard that the zone of interest score, which I haven't listened to because I haven't seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Try not to listen before I see a movie. Um, I heard the, the Mika um, Levy score mm-hmm. for Zone of Interest is very good. I'll tell you what, um, Eileen's score was, was fabulous. It was it? Yes, I thought so. And um, I didn't see Eileen either. I really wanted to. That but. one is either my favorite or my second favorite movie. I'm year. not surprised yeah. by that. Yeah. From I, you. I, you know, I get... I, I can always tell if something really is like hitting for me when I if I leave the theater and I'm physically shaking. Yeah. Which I was physically shaking after I left Eileen. Also, Bo was afraid. I didn't <laughs> I did there was somewhere I didn't shake. I didn't shake at Killers of the Flower Moon. Um I was a little shook by Oppenheimer. A little. Um I thought Oppenheimer was it definitely was one of my favorite Nolans mm-hmm. in a while. I wouldn't say favorite. I would say I liked it better. Yeah. Than a lot of Nolans in a while. And I liked it pretty well and then i saw killers of the flower moon and i was like oh yeah yeah it holds no candle yeah yeah it holds no candle like i after i watched killers of the flower moon i was like yeah like i said it's a a master at work Mm -hmm. like i just can't everything is so specifically um curated Mm -hmm. in the best way Mm -hmm. um and the acting is from everyone Mm -hmm. is out of this world Mm -hmm. some people Leo and De Niro doing, frankly, what I consider their best work. Mm-hmm. Straight up did not know that was Jason Isbell. Oh, yeah. Jason Isbell. Chameleon. And Sturgill Simpson. Sturgill I recognized. <laughs> but Jack White. Yeah. Pe- people had to be like, Maddie, that was Jack White. And I was like, what? That was Jack White? <laughs> you kidding me? But, and obviously Lily Gladstone, and she's probably going to win. And honestly, rightly so. Yeah. I've been... You people know. You know. We know. You we you could you, you can could go, go back, back to episode one and right. we've been on that Lily Gladstone tip. Read the receipts. Certain women, certain women. <laughs> we've been here since last year being like, When's Killers of the Flower Moon? Yeah, right. Lily Gladstone. Lily Gladstone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all the other native actors too, like her sister. Seriously. All of her sisters yeah. but her one oh sister my God, her that one like sister? owns the movie for like twenty minutes. Yeah. So good. She's like, Fuck you. Incredible. <laughs> She's the best. I can't remember her name though. We saw that when it came out and we haven't been able to see it since. Apple. Yeah. But it's coming out. I really so I really, really, really mm-hmm. enjoyed that movie. Um and you know, I don't know that I have much to say that hasn't already been said yeah. about it. Um but I truly just feel like the best movies are the ones, in my opinion, how I always judge, like, a movie that I love the most is the movie that I keep thinking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking about that movie. Yeah. No. And, like, this is definitely, like, a year in terms of, like, best picture. Like, there are some years where my favorite movie of the year or top three or whatever, I'm like, that's not. Yeah. That's a me thing. Like, I know it's a me thing. You could even argue to me that this movie's like, not even really deserving of being not you know like it's just like some stuff is just mm-hmm. to your taste so it's mm-hmm. your favorite of mm-hmm. course um and and so i wouldn't say that killers of the flower moon 
or Oppenheimer is my favorite movie of the year either. But if either of them won Best Picture, I'd be like, deserved, earned, gorgeous. I agree. I I would be fine with Oppenheimer winning, as it probably will. I'm not as sold on it yet, because Mm -hmm. I think we always must remember the preferential ballot. Um, Yeah. I think... I do think Oppenheimer will actually probably score well on mm-hmm. the preferential ballot. So I do think that that's still why it's probably going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would not put it past some things like holdovers, potentially. I've heard it's a dark horse. I've heard that for sure. Because it's definitely, I think, might be like two or three yeah. on a lot of people's lists. Well, we I just watched that the other night with Irene and Spencer. They hadn't seen it. And it really is just a lovely little film no and it, it truly is and i really do feel like new christmas classic like people are gonna watch the holdovers every year I will. like i think i hate you know i think too uh, not too many people i mean a lot of people did really love that movie but mm-hmm. i feel like some people put it down of like just like a oh people think this movie is good or like really good because they just don't make movies like this anymore mm-hmm. and i'm like well I mean, you're not wrong, but they don't. I was like, well, <laughs> like, but if so they don't, they don't. Like, <laughs> then, yeah, like, yeah, then it's good because mm-hmm. they don't. <laughs> and okay, Dominic Sessa, Dominic Sessa, Dominic Sessa. He number was, one, he Dominic so Sessa, good. but number two, Dominic Sessa. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like one hundred percent. Um, he was so good. I, he was so good. And of course, Divine Joy Randolph. Is. Oh yeah, Divine Joy <laughs> Randolph is so good. And and I will. You know, we all know Maddie, the idol enjoyer. You watch her in The Idol, you watch her in Holdovers, you're like, oh, she's so talented. I know. She's so good because she's so good, The Idol. Isn't it? It's so great. I love it whenever... This is another thing that just makes me smile, Mm -hmm. makes me happy when um, actors get selected from just somebody having seen them in something, like with Lily and certain Mm -hmm. women, and then I heard that... Um, Alexander Payne hired Davine because he saw her in um, the Eddie Murphy movie uh, that came out like three or four years ago. Why can't I think what it was? Um, the Netflix one. Netflix Eddie Murphy. Dolomite is my name. Oh, I didn't know she was in yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, saw her in Dolomite is my name. And, I never watched that. And then just like reached out to Eddie and love was like, it. "How do you feel about her?" And he was like, "Yes, hire her." Oh, I love that. <laughs> and I'm like, how cool to just that's so cool. i just love it that like to know that sometimes you feel like sometimes you feel like maybe the people who make movies don't love movies uh, i've witnessed it firsthand right exactly yeah. and so it's so nice to see things like that mm-hmm. to see like i talked about anne hathaway watching lady Macbeth and being like i want to work with that guy yeah and you know alexander payne seeing davine and being like yes yeah well it's you know I mean, I, you know, my experience is obviously limited. I haven't been working in film for that long. But it feels to me like what generally happens is that the people who actually do love film gravitate towards each other and the people who don't really care gravitate towards each other. Yeah. And, um, of course, like, like on like a higher up level. Yeah. On a ground crew level, like some, some people like film and some people it's another job. Like that's just, you know. Because the jobs are so technical and specific. Yeah, I'm like, that's that's probably any profession, yeah. honestly. But, like, but... If, you're a, if you're a director, if you're a producer, screenwriter, actor, even cinematographer, you're going to want to work with people who you're on the same page with. Yeah, yeah. I certainly do. Yeah. Um, And, you know, me and Remington have had millions of conversations. I The last show I was on, the director was a lovely, 
my bestie. We talked about movies all day when I should have been working. He can do whatever he wants because he's the director. <laughs> but, you know, so stuff like that. Like, yeah, I think that that just happens. But it's great. Love it. But there are lots of people who don't care. I know. <laughs> and I'm just like, why do you even work in this industry if you don't care? I know. That's how I feel. Anyways, what did you like, Maddie? <laughs> Eileen, as I said, uh, it was tailor-made for me. Um, <laughs> as I imagined it would be. Yeah. Uh, May, December. Todd. Yes. Yeah, May, December is also in my fabulous. Top, top list. Loved it. You guys know I love a controversial pick. <laughs> Which it's so stupid that it's controversial also. I agree. People are being so dumb about it. It's also interesting that I was so fascinated that the actors didn't didn't go for it because I know. Because well, I was like I mean, it's on Netflix. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody was watching it. So mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe that the actors didn't watch it. I yeah. think they watched it and they didn't like it. I think that they felt called out. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. And Todd's like, good. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, you know, here, let's take a break. That's fine. And then we can talk about the discourse. <laughs> First of all, May December, May December is not a biopic, people. It's a film clef. It's like Citizen Kane. It's a true story told through the filter of fiction. Yeah. It's not nonfiction. There are plenty of those, by the way. Yeah, there's tons of them. But Napoleon yes. from this year. Yeah. Um Ferrari. Like yeah. you want a true story go and those aren't even true either. They're right. they're fiction, you know historical fiction or whatever but go watch a fucking documentary if you want to watch a documentary go yeah. watch a little true crime documentary about mary kay letourneau that's not what may december is right just because it's got you know it comes from that story it's yeah. not what it is just because someone had an inspiration yeah that that happened to them it's like it's like how i saw the the uh, creator of beef when it won was like apparently the road rage incident actually happened to oh, him wow but it, obviously all the rest of the stuff didn't um but he was you know he thanked him like oh thank you for the you know yeah but, but it's like Love okay it. well that's based on something that yeah. is true but it's not what actually happened yeah and, like, and films films a clef just like a roman a clef book like the whole point is that it enables you to talk about something that really happened and like explore it via the medium of fiction yeah. which is what fiction is for but so so like when people say like i i hate it when people make biopics about real people because the real person usually gets involved and then it suffers priscilla agreed um like it just is not a good idea if the person's still alive so if they are still alive why don't you make a film clef where it's not really about them it's just kind of inspired by them i just think that works better and i feel like we used to do that yeah in in films and it doesn't really happen anymore but todd is a film historian mm-hmm. and so he's like i'm gonna do it so it's like i just don't really i don't really subscribe to this idea that they should have talked to Vili fulau oh i yeah i, I like, agree and and like i totally like he was he went through a horrible lifelong trauma yeah like it fucked up his life like he didn't deserve any of that shit of course but like you know i see him coming out and saying like well if they had talked to me we could have made a masterpiece together. And I'm like, frankly, Vili, that's not the case, actually. I would it disagree. wouldn't have been as good if they had talked to you. I think that's it's true. not actually about you. And I said this to my mom, but, like, sometimes things happen that are so big and in the public eye that they actually belong to everyone. Yeah. And they don't just belong to the people I anymore. agree with that. That's kind of how I felt about um, Hustlers when the, yeah. when the women 
sued. Yeah. And I was like, well. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Like, none of you You were like... written about in the paper. Right. And the movie was based off of that story. So, like. Right. Can you really be suing? Like, do you really want to be on the same side of the argument as William Randolph Hearst? Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> like, I wouldn't want Correct. to. Correct. So, if the person is alive, like, just change the, you know, change the names, change the story up. Like, it's how I feel about it. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to interfere, which is why I'm waiting for Richard Carpenter to die to make my Karen Carpenter biopic. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's 77, so... Yeah. No, I don't want you to. I don't want you to die, Richard. No, 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 no. I don't. Please, yeah, yeah. please don't understand. Please don't misunderstand me. You're but... trying to do him a service, yeah, instead yes. of because a... he's very obsessed with it. But that's neither here nor there right now. <laughs> like, so no, I loved yeah. me December two. That's probably my for me my other contender in score. That score is incredible. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Although, so, how much of it was from the the go between? Not a ton, right? Just Not a, a ton, but also even if you take the themes, it's like, doesn't matter. It's like last year in Babylon where uh, Justin Hurwitz literally took half That's of his true. themes from La La Land That's and true. put them in Babylon. Yeah. Which composers have done forever. Yeah. I mean, if you think about John Williams' most famous scores, they're pretty similar. <laughs> they're similar. Yeah, they're similar true. in like... Um, they're similar oftentimes in key mm -hmm. um, and in chord progression. Even that's if it's true. not the same melody, yeah. they're, like, relatively mm -hmm. similar. Um, that's true. But, yeah. May, December, Eileen. I did really like Bo's Afraid. I don't know if it's in my top, like, five, but it's definitely, like, up there. Just because that was, that was one of the funniest. I mean, I cried laughing in the, in the theater at that movie. <laughs> like, 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 me and Aaron were, like... <laughs> pissing ourselves laughing it was just so it was a crazy what a ride that movie is i knew i would not like that yeah movie. yeah and i did not go see it and then i saw it i saw it um on the tv at the merriweather the other day oh really and i was like yeah no it's i mean it is <laughs> i was like i'm sure it would be different if i had some sound and dialogue but even yeah. still i was like it's literally no, like this isn't for it me is, it is literally like so funny though like take my yeah. word for it like in like intentional humor like for sure um i think that's good like the, the shit that happens to him you're just like what the fuck like that's the kind of like the humor you're yeah. like i can't believe this is happening and i think i think my issue and this is totally fine because this is gonna be hit or miss for everyone yeah is whenever a movie is like a from the mind of movie, yeah right i'm like i gotta be with that person yeah i gotta be with that person yeah. in the mind of mm -hmm. and if i'm not it's not going to work for and me. And I'm not always with Ari Aster. Yeah. But I do... I feel like I have things in common with Ari Aster, and so I, like, got it. Like, I mean, that movie's about anxiety. Yeah. And <coughs> I have that. Uh, so, you As know... As do many of us. <laughs> yeah. So I was watching it from, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, what it's like to have yeah. anxiety, basically. Like, every horrible thing you could imagine that your brain can your anxiety brain tells you could happen is actually happening to him. Yeah. Like everything he's thinking, like the worst case scenario is just what's happening. happening. So, um, so there's that, um, what, yeah, killers, Oppenheimer, uh, asteroid city. Oh, asteroid city. Oh, one of my favorites so of the good. year. One of my favorite Wes Anderson's in yeah. since probably my favorite Wes Anderson since, um, Moonrise Kingdom. Wow. I mean, Listen, I love Grand Budapest. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. Because I think it is probably still, still to this day, I think it is probably his, like, 
best, best film, you know, best yeah, film, quote. which I think everybody, not yeah. everybody, but most people yeah. agree with that. Yeah. They're like, it's his best, you know, it's his tightest, it's the story, the script is the best, mm-hmm. like, um, but as far as my opinion and how much I like it, I think that my, yeah, that Asteroid City, I just, the production design in Asteroid City was made specifically for me. It, I mean, <laughs> oh, I hope it, like, wins, honestly. Oh, it, God, it's a tight race this year. It was so, design. like, I saw that production design, and it was like being a kid watching a movie all over again. I was yeah. like, I didn't know something like this was possible. Yeah. Like, I was like, wow, this is, it blew my mind. Yeah. I loved it so yeah. much. <laughs> and I loved it also because, um, you know, it had the Inside the Actress Theater stuff that I was yeah. like, loving. I really watched it at like the right time for it to really like, hit me. And I'm really loving what he's doing lately with really leaning into, like, this isn't real. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I really have liked... I didn't now. I didn't love the French Dispatch, um, mm-hmm. just because those vignette movies are not. Oh no, yeah, are not usually for yeah. me. Yeah, um, I find they're them, they're very hard, hard to just find the mm-hmm. connections between them. But you know, some people do. Zachary loved the French Dispatch. Yeah. Um. But what I have liked and what I liked about the French Dispatch in here in Asteroid City was his, he's, he's playing his his interest in playing with time and space mm-hmm. um not literally space like in asteroid city but mm-hmm. you know what i mean time and and the space that people are in yeah um and toying with that mm-hmm. and moving it around and things like that i think that's i think that's a new and yeah. interesting avenue for him and am i wrong or did he i feel like grand budapest really started something that has become a lot more common which is playing with the aspect ratio oh i think that's absolutely true yeah do you remember what God. Do you remember when we saw Waves, a bad movie? Yeah. <laughs> a bad movie with some crazy aspect ratio changes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the first time I saw it and I was like, oh, somebody has seen a trend and has replicated it and it is not working. No, like, no. <laughs> That whole experience was just crazy in general of seeing that movie, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, no, and I... Did you watch the, sh- the shorts that he... I, d- I have not watched the shorts. They really keep up the stagecraft... Isn't it crazy that he might win his first and only Oscar, like his first and only personal Oscar for a short? A short, yeah, it is. <laughs> but the 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 whatever the wonderful story of Henry Sugar is the something story. Yeah, I think of it's Henry wonderful sugar. sugar. Yeah. Wonderful um, story. Uh, it is great. It's it's you know that's what um, I've heard. Yeah, and just the way that they do, like like. I just like that he's really like, this is not real. And I don't want you to even think for a second that you're watching reality. It yeah. It's a movie. And that's what I loved about mm-hmm. Asteroid City. I, I loved that the layers upon layers of the mm-hmm. like, this is of like, you're watching a movie, but it's in a theater. It's actually a theater production. And mm-hmm. so the sets that you're going to see are going to look like theater sets because this is not real. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it was like, you're watching um, a a play within a movie within a movie <laughs> like right. within like re- like more it's just yeah i just love it and so stuff. making that like production design that felt so fake mm-hmm. but so beautiful mm-hmm. and then putting real people mm-hmm. in it doing like legitimately good acting mm-hmm. i thought that was very fascinating yes i thought yes. i really liked asteroid mm-hmm. city a lot yes me too um what else i really liked I think the two we haven't mentioned, and I'm not sure how you felt about the first one, but I really, really liked Past Lives. I know that's been like a, yes. that's like a, a nice like 
critical darling pick of like best yeah. movie of the year. Um, but that's yeah. That's a kind of movie like yours with Eileen. Yes. <laughs> that's made specifically for me yes. because I love a movie about experiences at a specific point in time mm-hmm. in your life that you then like move on from. Yeah. Those are very touching to yeah. me. Um, yes. No, I definitely like past lives and I thought that Greta Lee was spectacular. Greta Lee was incredible. Like the, the, the depth of what she was doing. Yeah. You, Oh, it was great. Um, it, I don't think I liked it as much as the critics seem to have liked it. I mean, yeah. I definitely liked it, but it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't blown away. Did I cry? Yes, of course. I think I was pretty blown away. I w- Okay, I won't say I this. think part of it is I'll because... I'll agree I wasn't, like, blown away. Like I said, I think one of the reasons I liked it so much is just because that kind of story is specifically mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. However, I was... I wouldn't say I was blown away. I was impressed. Yes. And, of course, it's because she's a playwright, so she knows what she's doing. But I will also say that because she's a playwright, sometimes the dialogue was a little... I mean, it just depends, you know? It's like... See, I, yeah, think... I was going to say that I thought the script... The, sc- the screenplay is extremely tight. Oh, sure, but um, it's not that the screenplay's not tight. It's just that sometimes the actual dialogue itself seemed like stage dialogue. Which is, like, fine. It's Which just is a matter fine. of taste. It's a matter of taste. Uh, and you know me. Like, yeah, I, I know you. Yeah, so. And I, I, I rather enjoy yes. that. Yes, yes. Personally. I know. Yes, um, so. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a difference mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. in Also, what's his name? John Magaro. Hot. Hot. <laughs> and the other guy. Yeah. But, but really, I I love John Magaro. I really, I really enjoyed that scene i think i talked about this but maybe not on the podcast or if i did i'm sorry if i'm repeating myself um i really enjoyed that scene of her and her husband in the bed Mm -hmm. when they're like talking yeah um because i was like you don't see very many scenes um that depict like real conversations Mm -hmm. (laughs) between a husband and wife like that of like them having a legitimate conversation of him being like yeah, I'm scared that you don't love me anymore. Yeah. And her being like, well, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I'm definitely having, like, a lot of emotions mm-hmm. right now, but I chose you and I'm going to stick to that. Well, no, and I really, and, like, it was almost like, not to say this because they're both, like, Asian films, but, like, it was almost antithetical to this, like, um... Uh, everything everywhere all at once sort of like multiverse idea that I've I feel like has kind of entered the like lexicon where people talk about like you know other universes like where you made different choices and yeah. I and I liked how in past lives she was like and he's like what if you had picked him and she's like oh I didn't I don't give a fuck about what if I didn't I picked you no like, see, I, yeah. that's that's what that's what touched yeah. me so much about it was that idea of like she had that experience and it in you know he comes back and she speaks to him and it is very emotional Mm -hmm. for her and it does make her think a bit about Mm -hmm. like um what if but in her mind the whole time you can tell and this is why Greta Lee is so good because you can even tell in her performance you can tell the whole time that she she's not gonna change her mind she's not gonna like abandon this life that she's built yeah she is just letting herself experience something that she needs to experience and letting herself, you know, get some closure on a part of her life. But she, it never, you can tell it never crosses her mind of like, I'm going to abandon my husband and everything I built for this person. She's like, look, 
we all made choices and this is a choice I made mm-hmm. and I built something here and I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. Like, but that's why the last scene is so powerful of her crying because, mm-hmm. you know, she's, she's like, damn, this has been a lot. Like, yeah. Yeah. She's like, I definitely did lose something. Yeah. But it's interesting to me because it's not like a, it's not a sadness. It's not a, it's not a sadness of regret. Mm-hmm. It's just, a, it's just a sad, it's just a sadness. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not. I regret my decisions and I'm mm-hmm. unhappy. It's just like, I've lost something. It's grief, but it's a very like normal because like, yeah. grief is just a normal part of life. And you, when someone dies, you don't cry because you regret anything. Right. You cry because you miss them you, you've, and you've, you just, you've you, lost you have something. to process like, it. yeah. So yeah. anyways, I, that's why I liked it. I thought it was very powerful in that way. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. It's, it, it is definitely a good one. It's just, yeah. It, I think that, it's that's definitely yeah. one that I just connect with more. Yeah. That's my Yeah. That's my shit. You mm-hmm. know, I love me like a twentieth century woman. You know that's why I love mm-hmm. La La Land. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's oh, the yeah. main reason why I love La La Land. Yes, yes. <laughs> what was the other movie we were gonna You said that one? Oh, uh, and... Poor Things. Yes. Um I really enjoyed Poor Things. Uh hilarious. So funny. Um I, and I was talking to someone just the other day and they didn't really like it. But um I said and I think that I, you know, they hadn't thought of it this way, but they were like, oh, okay. Was that part of why I really liked it was because it reminded me of, like, the portrait of a lady. Yeah, Like, yeah. those, like, those, like, 1800s, like, novels, mm-hmm. like Edith Wharton or whatever, but, like, a young woman, like, going and, like, seeing society, like. Which, which I, I think, think was, it was what yeah, it was, was like, I think it's what Yorgos was doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, like, really liked that, but it just had this, like, surreal element. Yeah. Like, I, I, I really liked that. I really liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. My one thing about it, I didn't, I thought it took, took, took just a little bit too long to yeah. get off the ground. Um, yeah, the black that. and white part, I think goes on a little too yeah. long. Even if it's not really get why it was in black and white. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think, I just think that section had just overall some interesting choices. I think, mm-hmm. I think the opening screenwriting, like the script in that opening part is a little too much. I don't think, he was able to find the right balance between showing and telling yeah, in that yeah. um in that section. It was like he thought that we needed to be hand have our hands held to like be like she's a Frankenstein person yeah. when really we're quite willing to accept that I'm she's like, a Frankenstein she's, person. She's she's Emma is doing such a good performance yeah. that it's like you don't need and maybe that's why. Maybe you know, maybe it's like you write it for a lesser actor. Yeah, right. I mean I know no, that true. I know that she was always a part yeah, of it, but you yeah. know what I mean? Maybe it's like you, just, you don't know how good they're going to be. You don't know how good they're <laughs> like, going to be. And it's like the minute you see Emma walking around and going like, ah, blubbering, you're like, okay, <laughs> I get it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, she was so good at it. I really thought But so. I think she's phenomenal yeah. at it. Um, yeah. I think Lily deserves to win. Um, but Emma, I mean, what Deserves a, to be nominated, sh- oh, for sure. It's between the two of them, yeah. hands yeah. down. Yeah. Um, but Emma, once again, another person who... <laughs> won an Oscar and is right. now doing their best work. Right, right. She's, cause she's, um, I think it t- takes some pressure off of It you. does. I think it frees people. Look to... at, you know, who, you know, who really wants an Oscar. We don't need to get into that conversation, but Amen. you know, he needs to be freed. Free he him. Needs, he needs to be freed. <laughs> like, free him from this self-imposed prison. Yes. Um, so I really, but I really liked poor yeah. things after the black and white part. I thought it was really excellent. Mm-hmm. I um, kind of want to watch it again. Um, cause I often find that when I watch a movie, and I'm not wondering what's going to happen. I already know what's going to happen. I can enjoy the ride a little bit more and stop yeah. being like, where's this going? Um, 
And I thought Mark Ruffalo was so mm-hmm. funny. So I funny. I loved um Gerard Carmichael's little Gerard Carmichael was good. Yeah, that, I mean that whole there part. There are so many bits. Like she's just like, like, I have these friends now. And he's like, No. <laughs> and they're like, She's not allowed to have friends. <laughs> these one like the one liners, they're, yeah. they're just ex- I mean, yeah. That's some of the best comedic writing mm-hmm. I've I've seen in a long time. It I really think was very, think very funny. funny. Yeah. Um I just thought Mark Ruffalo. I mean, I just didn't know. I know a lot of people are like, he didn't know he had it in him. And I'm like, I knew he could, I knew he could act in a role like that if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. But his physical comedy mm-hmm. is so funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> even from the beginning yeah. when he's like making these faces, yeah. and you're like, why is that so funny? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, so, I, I, by the way, SAG nominating Willem Dafoe and not him, incorrect. Well, bizarre. I, while I think Willem is good. Of course. In the movie, he's he's good. Yeah. Um, Mark is doing something. Yeah. Like, totally. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also loved seeing Christopher Abbott and Margaret Qualley, a little sanctuary reunion. Because I didn't know they were in it. And then um, Catherine... Hunter also. I was like, well, hello there. I know. Macbeth witch. Queen. It was great. And she was <laughs> this so I just love it. I thought mm-hmm. that I just it was very funny. Mm-hmm. And I and I really, like I said, I really enjoyed the like the journey of mm-hmm. of self discovery mm-hmm. after she was allowed to to leave. And also like I have seen and heard these criticisms of the movie like that it's like not really feminist because it's all about her having sex, to which I say who said it was feminist in the first place? Oh, I'm like, yeah, exa- I would say the exact same thing. I'm like, I don't think this movie is... I think it's about her. I think it's about her. I like, think it is about one person's journey of self-discovery. Yeah. And I think that's the whole point of the Margaret Qualley character. Yeah. Which is to be like, they're like, oh, we tried to make another one and it wasn't the same. Right. And it's like, they're literally by doing that being like, oh, she's a unique person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like she's a unique person with a unique... Yeah. And that's, you know, what he says in the end is, like, you're unique just like she's unique, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. Margaret Qualley character is much dumber. Yeah. and it's, but, she, but he's not, but Willem Dafoe doesn't look down on her because of that. You yeah. Know, he realizes he's, like, you're different, she's different, everybody's on their own mm-hmm. journey. Like. Yeah. Um, because she doesn't, it's not like she's a, <laughs> talking about heroes and anti-heroes, it's not like she's a hero. You know, it's not like right. she's a good person in the end. Right. Like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, we don't have to include this, but I just really didn't like Angelica Jade Bastian's review. I don't like her, oh, as you I didn't may see know. It. Um, not she gave it, I'm not she that. hated it. She gave it one star and she was like, there's That's no egregious. menstrual blood in it. And it's like, well, maybe she can't menstruate because she's fucking dead and came back to life. But also like. It's just like little these little things where they're like it's not like it's like afraid of the female body. It's and I'm like oh I, I disagree true. with that. Like like it it's hilarious when she's like let's go again and he's like men can't do that. She's like what so- sorry to you yeah. like you know and like when you know and the I don't know I would say in many ways it's uh it's pretty like. Mm-hmm. I would say in many ways it's it's sexually empowering. Here, quote, there's a corroded spirit to the story. Like it's intermittently possessed by an edgelord who's unaware most women menstruate and an early wave white feminist who believes having sex is the most empowering thing a woman can do. 
For all the fucking, there's no menstrual blood. In many ways, the film demonstrates the limits of the modern cis male auteur's vision for and about women, particularly their sexual selves. Watching it for any sort of feminist revelation is akin to craving the salty chill of the ocean and the spray of a wave upon your face and having to settle for resting your ear against a curling seashell, listening to only the echo of what you truly desire. And this is a perfect example of people and not engaging with the film as it is, but engaging with the film as they think it ought to be, which isn't the movie. So that's not how you do criticism. I agree wholeheartedly because I'm like, I, yeah, I just, I think that that's, I think that that's really a very, uh, I, I think that that is going too far. Like yeah. you said, it's, that's going way past what the movie's presenting yeah. to you. Yeah. Like, like the movie is not, the movie is not telling you the movie is not, frankly, a movie I enjoyed Barbie. The movie is not Barbie standing up and telling you that it's right. feminist. Right. Yeah. Like it's just... <laughs> I think that feminist critiques of Barbie are fair because Mm -hmm. the movie is standing up and saying it's feminist. Mm -hmm. Now, I have my own opinions on that, which is that for a lot of people in the world, they've never even heard first wave feminism. So maybe it was good for a billion dollar movie to like just say the quiet part out loud. For sure. But But, but about this movie, I'm about poor things. It's like you're you're like you said, you're you're projecting onto the movie. Poor things isn't about feminism. Poor things is about how. The world could potentially be a better place if we all engaged with it out of curiosity and wanting to learn and understand others. Like, that's what it's about. And it's true. And then also, at the same time, letting ourselves follow our own personal desires. Right. Of, like, instead, of, instead of the desires of others, right? right? Because she doesn't... She wants to follow her own desires, and a bunch of those desires are sexual. Yeah. And it's like, but... But part of the reason they're but sexual Willem, is because it's Victorian era. Right. Like, that's part of it. And Will, But Willem Dafoe is, you know, like, at first he's like, no, you don't get to follow your desires. Like, you mm-hmm. don't get to leave. You don't get to, you know, you don't get to masturbate. You don't mm-hmm. get to do whatever you want. Yeah. And so then, you know, like you said, she's curious. She wants to leave. She wants to follow her own desires. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, sex becomes unimportant to her. Yeah. She uses it as a tool. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. Because after a while, she's like, oh, I figured out that what I actually desire is... To make a difference in the world. Yeah. Instead, and so it's fine. It's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, like it's like, no, I got, I left the, I left poor things thinking I actually want to, my New Year's resolution to be more like Bella Baxter. Yeah. Because she's just so, the, the, I, I just feel like the best way, one of the best ways to live is to just be interested. Yeah. Just be interested in what's going on around you, what other people, th- are thinking and feeling and doing and just like learn like she's like when you know she's like socialism what's that you know she's just like i agree like she she's presented with a concept of of sex work and she's like hmm i think this is good and i'm gonna do it like she just thinks about it and just is like i'm you know she's not scared yeah and And she's like she's like well i don't really have any other options and i know i want money so (laughs) when she's like when she's like yeah you can make 30 francs and just give me 10 for the room and then just fuck this guy. And she's like, okay, I just want to have sex. What a bargain. Yeah. Like, it's like, and I'm like, honestly, girl, like that's how it should be. Like, it's how, you know, like, yeah. And then obviously like she gets into it and you know, she realizes the mundanity of it. Mm -hmm. And, and then, and then like she said, you know, that's, I think that's the whole point of the scene with the, with the with the father and his sons where at that point she's so deep into it that she's the teacher she's like it's fine i got this like let me let me tell you what's going on here yeah yeah it's just i don't know um i i just wasn't bothered by those things and i'm 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 pretty 
pretty harsh sometimes on the feminism front. Like I was pretty harsh on Barbie for being like feminism, not even one oh one zero zero one. I know? agree that Barbie is feminism zero yeah. zero one. I just think that, I just think that there aren't very many billion dollar movies no, that are feminism zero zero one. You're absolutely 001. right. But I'm just saying that like I can be like, if something if if I if I detect the scent of like fake feminism in like honestly like promising young women. Like, yes, you know, promising young woman to me feels more fake feminist than Barbie. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think Barbie's fake feminist. I think it is just, I think it is basic, just very basic, basic. simplistically yeah. feminist. But like promising young, young woman, you know, it's, it's a pretty basic rape revenge film. Yeah, disguising it itself as being more high minded and feminist than it actually yeah. is. And, and like it, it was part of the reason that I, it, I didn't like love that movie. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like. I'm on, you know, I'm on the lookout. And and poor things just did not strike me that way. It really didn't. I, I mean. And I think, honestly, credit to Emma Stone in a lot of ways. Honestly. Um, for, for making it seem, for creating a character that was so um, idiosyncratic yeah. that you, you watch it and you don't feel like this is a representation of all women. No, yeah. You're like, no, this is just this character. I especially like, like the parts where she's talking about how she has impulses of cruelty and she yeah. doesn't like that about herself and, and doesn't want to give it. And she's like, being around you, Mark Ruffalo makes yeah. that come out of me more. And I don't like it. Yeah. Like that's very like, that's an individual character trait. Like yeah. that's not what women are like or right. anything like that. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I agree. Yeah. I liked it. I liked poor things. I liked poor things a lot. I um, would, I would watch it again. The only other one I liked Probably not my top five, but maybe we can end on because I know we both saw it. Was I really enjoyed the Iron Claw? I did too. Um, it made me very sad, but I did like it. <laughs> it made me pretty sad, but I liked it. I definitely cried at the end when he's crying. I was me like, fucking too. Oh my god! I was like, I miss my brother. And his kids come up and they're like, "What's wrong?" And he's like, "Well, mm-hmm. I used to be a brother." And they're like, "We'll be your brothers." And they're I like, was like, "We'll be Don't. your brothers." I was no. like, ah! "No, yeah, <laughs> yeah." Yeah, I was like the tears. The tears here they come. The tears here they come. Um, um, no, I really, I did enjoy the Iron Claw a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, I did too. I, I definitely thought I don't. I definitely think it's like a four star. I don't think it's mm-hmm. like yeah. I don't think it's doing anything more than what it's doing. Yeah. Um, and it definitely and, that's fine. and it definitely like Although, glosses over some of the details. There were parts of that movie that that really the part where they had the um overlaid all three of the brothers you remember that oh part? i do remember that part. i was like okay oh i also cried when you know um when the last one died and they met their brothers in heaven oh my god and they I met cried. the little boy and they brother met the little bro- and he was like he was like where's he was like where's my big brother and he was like the little kid i was like oh my the tears yeah, yeah. and oh yeah yeah it really did get me that I really mean, got me all the brothers in heaven together mm-hmm. i was like oh because he writes the note, and who knows if that was actually the note, but, you know, yeah. the dramatized version of, you mm-hmm. know, like, I walk with my brothers tonight, and I yeah. was like, oh. In real life, the dad found him. Did he? Zac Efron didn't, yeah. I um, actually, I had, I actually read, um, on Letterboxd, of all places, people who actually know a lot about wrestling, and they were like, it's funny that they painted Kevin, um, Von Eric, the Zac Efron character, as, like, the one in the most control, because they were like, yeah, he's the one who lived, but they were like, he was actually one of the most, like, drug addicted like chaotic mm-hmm. ones like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> there was just so much going on there that i don't blame them for for cutting Me out a brother I. <laughs> like just but no it was 
I, I, I think the scenes that succeeded, the ones that really soared, was right there in the middle um, when they all three mm-hmm. are together. Oh my god! And they start playing that Rush song. The oh my god! I mean, I, I that really I was like, bah, 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 I know, bah, no. he starts playing it and they're like lifting weights and I'm like, let's go! Well, I, I was getting really into the wrestling scenes too, like yeah. when they would like. I would be like, get him! And I'd be like, this isn't real, Maddie. Like, this is not only not real because it's wrestling, it's a movie about wrestling. But I, th- like, I actually think that, I don't know that much about wrestling. I know a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I actually thought in that way, it paid, like, great homage yeah. to wrestling. Because the whole thing about wrestling is that, like, pe- you know, people who are like, wrestling's fake. It's like, yes, it is, but it's not fake. It's a performance. It's a performance. It's, it's a performance. It's, it's, like, it's like if the figure skaters had to come out and, like, deck each other right. like they're, they're doing like, athleticism it's a performance yeah it's an athletic performance yeah. it's not fake right they rehearse they do a yeah. lot of things to yeah. like make sure this is right mm-hmm. and i think that really came out in yeah the, it, and i think those that's why those are the scenes that really yeah that really were the best the ones where they were wrestling because mm-hmm. it was like you had actors acting like wrestlers who are acting yeah <laughs> it was like, and it was very good and I then thought. yeah and when the one that brother scene where they all three like slide, slide onto in the, oh my god it's so good yeah <laughs> that's no. when rush is playing and yeah. you're like yes oh the other just quick mentions sanctuary is one of my favorite movies of the year i know that a lot of people didn't like that movie i don't give a shit um bottoms Oh, Bottoms. I never saw it. I really it's needed to. It's very fun. I'm sure it's very fun. Very fun. Um, How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Yes, Maddie loved that. I loved that. I thought it was great. And then that's basically it. Boy in the Heron. Very good. Boy in the Heron. Um, I saw Ferrari. Um, Good. Yeah. <laughs> Not great. Yeah. Um, Adam Driver. Excellent. One of, mm-hmm. our, one of our best living actors. Indeed. Um, What Michael Mann does with... The Ferrari character is very good and very interesting. Mm-hmm. The women are underwritten and underserved. Um, yeah. And that's fine. To me, that's fine because you're making a movie about Ferrari. My issue is just like, I don't know. My whole thing is like, if you're gonna put them in there, this was also one of my issues with Oppenheimer. Yeah. Was like, if you're gonna put them in there, maybe like, give them, do, do them a little better justice. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't want to put them in there and you want to make sure they're, like, very minor periphery characters, yeah. that's fine. I have yeah. no problem with that. That's, like, people complaining. When people complained there were no women in Dunkirk and I were like, there was no women yeah. in Dunkirk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in this case, and also in Oppenheimer, I'm like, if you're going to include these women, I think Emily Blunt's uh, character is much more fully fledged than Florence Pugh's character in Oppenheimer. Yeah. I have a lot of issues with Florence Pugh's character in Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of the same. Shailene Woodley, God. Bad accent. Oh, no. Bad accent. And also, like, it's just unfair. Mm-hmm. It's just unfair to put Shailene Woodley beside Adam Driver and Penelope Cruz. It is unfair. It's just unfair. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, setting her up for failure on that Setting her one. up for failure. So. Um, so far, it was good. Not the best Michael Mann. Adam yep. Driver's good. Yep. Sounds sounds about right. Yep. Well, on the that man note... Who, the man who will never win an Oscar because he'll never campaign. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> and all respect to that. All respect to that. It's all the time we have, Whew. but we'll be back. We'll be back. We will be back. Yes. Um, there's much to discuss. We'll have SAG Awards. We'll have Emmys. We <laughs> will not be able to watch the Oscars live. We are going to see Chapel Roan. Yes, we are. Queen. Um, it's but okay. We'll watch it. We'll watch it. Don't worry. We'll watch it. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we'll have things to say. Oh, you bet your ass. I'm going to cry at the in memoriam because of Terrence. Yeah. And it's going to... Hopefully it'll be good. We'll yeah, see. We'll see. We'll see how the nominations pan out. I'm sure the actors are going to be something... Do something batshit like they yep. always do. Yep. 
Um, but other than that, should be a pretty decent year. I mean, Best mm-hmm. Picture is shaping up to be very nice. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, I feel like things are getting better since the pandemic. But I was like, well, we did have a six-month-long strike, so maybe not yet. Yeah. Don't, don't cut your chickens before they hatch, I definitely Maddie. think the Academy, well, in some ways, I don't know if you saw this, um, their little diversity requirements that they mm-hmm. put in didn't work. Really? Yeah, like, all of the movies, nothing has been improved. Like, the for the movies for the year, they did, you know, like, the diversity report of, like, crew report of, like, the major movies of the mm-hmm. year. No improvement. Why am I not surprised? But no, of course. Why are we not surprised? Yeah. <laughs> like, so on that front, not good. Yeah. On the other front, I do think that diversifying the Academy is yes, helping. I agree. It has taken longer than people wanted it to, but each year it gets better. Yeah. yeah. The nominations specifically. Yeah get better each year definitely we'll see what happens this year yep all right goodbye everyone goodbye go to the theater go to the theater thanks for listening you can find us on twitter at smartest ppl pod smartest people pod and you can get in touch with us at smartest people pod at gmail.com Please subscribe in whatever podcast app you like, and please tell a friend. Our theme music and interstitial music is by Scott Boyce, and he can be found on Instagram as at Scoogle, S-C-0-0-G-L-E. This is Maddie Weiner. This is Rachel Casey. Reminding you that we're the smartest people in the room. And go to the movies. Go to the theater. must be nice to always believe you know better to always think you're the smartest person in the room no it's awful